You know, I discovered that, uh, recently discovered this, that Simon and Garfunkel actually lied to me. I've been their fan forever. In fact, I was in a little folk duet singing all their songs. And uh, particularly, I, I think this is a total lie. And, and I love, uh, I think Paul Simon is one of the best writers ever. But he wrote a song called I'm a Rock. And he said, don't talk of love. I've heard that word before. It's sleeping in my memory. I won't disturb the slumber of feelings that have died. If I never loved, I never would have cried because I'm a rock, I'm an island. No one touches me. I touch no one and no one touches me. You know, that's just really a crock. We are not a rock. We do need each other. We need other people to help us get through life. I mean, you're going to listen to a million TED Talks, and they're all going to emphasize the need for physical and emotion, that kind of connection we get. Well, hi, I'm Johnny Christ, and we're connecting on this podcast called That's Exciting, and boy, do I ever have an exciting conversation in store for you today. It's about loving and pain, and I suspect about a little forgiveness, and I think we're going to uncover the big lie that you really can't do life alone, so you're going to love this, and... I think you're going to be astonished at the same time. I'm hearing, we're going to hear the story for the first time. I've, I've not heard this story before, even though I've known uh, Bob Magaha for years. I've seen you around the school. And uh, Carol, I think I've met you along the way probably a couple of times. You're going to say, yeah, Johnny, didn't we do something at well? Uh, but uh, your story in a sentence is that you've been married, you were divorced, and now you're remarried. And I think you're in a league all of your own. Do you know anybody that's done what you've done, this incredible journey that you're on, Carol? Have heard of, but not met anyone personally. But you don't go out at dinner tonight with uh, five other couples that have been divorced, remarried, and wait a minute, married, divorced. And I guess I've seen too many issues of that uh, married at first sight. So you were divorced at second sight or something like that. There's a lot lot to unpack. Uh, so, Carol, let's start with you. Uh, what were you, uh, tell me about growing up in your household. What was that like? Uh, I had a wonderful childhood. I had Christian parents, um, founded in the church, you know, grew up in the church. Um, my parents were the uh, epitome of a godly example. Really? Mm-hmm. So you, you had Good one. Good model to look at. Good, good. Yes, the best. Wow. What about you, Bob? Uh, mine was a little different. I had both things going on. I had a mother who was a Christian and devout, but I had a father who was a very uh, abusive alcoholic. Ah, so that made an impact? Yes. And Carol's um, mention of her family... Um, I was drawn to Carol as much because of her family. Oh, you fell in love with her family, not Carol. I I did. (laughs) I I fell in love with the whole package (laughs) because I saw I had grown up in the church, but I'd seen the opposite at home. But when I when we started dating, her family accepted me like I was part of like a rock star. Yes. So you were just uh, a bunch of kids. How old were you when you got attracted to each other? Uh, it was my junior year in high school. Oh. His senior. 
Uh huh. Where was this? In Dunwoody? Mm-hmm. In right yeah. here in town? Peachtree Peach High, High School. School. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yep. It's okay. a junior high now or middle school. Okay. So were you a jock or something, Bob? I ran track um, throughout high school. Were you I, a cheerleader? No. Just an attractive junior to this awesome senior. <laughs> she caught my eye from a few years earlier uh, when she came to Peachtree in the uh, eighth Eight. grade. I was in ninth. Wow, but, this goes back a long way. Yeah. Now, the statistics say that when you marry somebody that's in your church or in your hometown or lives on the same, that this the chances of survival are huge to be in that kind of environment. So it sounds like you had a pretty good reason to believe you could be married happily ever after. Okay, so along the way, you are in this high school environment, and I'm sure, you, did you get married in high school? No. no. I was a year out of high school, but I was still 18. And I was 20. Oh, well, that's a good age to be able to figure out marriage for <laughs> yes, sure. Yeah. Okay, so somewhere along <laughs> the line with your conflicted background, Bob, you brought a bunch of stuff into this relationship. Did you know about it, Carol? Uh, I knew for the three years that we dated, I knew that much of it. So were you feeling like my mom and dad have given me a rock star model, an example this guy's got some stuff that he's bringing in, but this isn't much to overcome because I've got this. Look at this. Yes, I, I, I thought I was going to change him. Ah. But I never knew that his background had that much of an influence. What did you want to change? Um, just thought I would change a few things about his um, personality or, or whatever, you know. When you look back at that, do you think it's ever a good idea to marry somebody to change them or to fix them? No. My mother said, do not marry if you think you're going to change somebody. But I didn't listen. Yeah, so you're really a uh, well-informed 18-year-old that says, I got this, Mom. Yeah, right. I'm not going to change all that much. I'm just going to love him into a new reality. Right. Okay, so what age were you when you got married? I was 18 and he was 20. Oh, so you got right after school, a year out of school, you Mm -hmm. said, hey, we're into this. Hubba Mm -hmm. hubba ding ding, you make my heart sing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Did you ask her like the traditional, here's how this works? Or did you just assume? I asked her. uh, I gave her a ring um, following counseling, I think, with... um, I think it was our last... A counseling um, with Walter who? Sandell. Who is that? Pastor of First Alliance Church. Okay. Atlanta. So a pastor actually took time to yeah. counsel you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And did your background come up in all of that? Be honest with you, I don't remember. You don't remember either, I, Carol? I don't remember either. Okay. So most parents tell their kids when the child says, uh, I met this person, I'd like to marry him. Uh, Mom, how will I know? And most moms say, you'll just know. Did you kind of get that uh, feeling from your parents that this is, you'll just know it inside, you know this is the right guy? Uh, So to speak, yeah. I think they thought I was too young. Were you headstrong or something? Uh, No, I really wasn't headstrong. Um, I just, they just knew that that was what I wanted because at that time, um, in 1975, 
either you, when you graduated high school, you either went to college or you got an apartment with a girlfriend. And I missed that memo. Is that, was there something <laughs> I mean, that back was, then? That, that was what you did back then. You didn't, you know. So you didn't have any girlfriends, so you wanted to get an apartment here with a husband? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, um, I just do. I mean, we had been dating for a while, and I just knew I wanted to marry him. Just knew? Just knew. Same feeling going on with you, Bob? Yeah, I mean, I... You weren't looking over your shoulder, there wasn't another no, beauty queen or no, something and running around the school? No, there was never another love in my life. Okay, so you're 18 and you're a whopping 20, and we tie the knot, here we go. Uh, I think there was a song back then, uh, It Only Just Begun, what, <laughs> Carol Carpenter, yeah. <laughs> Uh, white lace and promises, a kiss of luck, and we're on it. Well, you needed more than a kiss of luck. Okay, so you were 18 and 20, and when did you figure out we've got problems? Um, well, You're rolling your eyes, Bob. I, Bob, Bob um, I was uh, going into the Air Force. In, I went in the Air Force in April. I got out of my... Uh, boot camp and technical training in uh, September or in go August. Him? Or he went alone? We weren't married yet. Oh, oh. We got married when, before, when I got out of my technical training, we got married and moved um, to Charleston from Atlanta. Together. So Carol okay. always says she got moved. She moved got, out of her parents. Go ahead. I got married. Moved out of my parents' house and out of the state all in one weekend. Well, what's wrong with that? Well, I had never been <laughs> out of the, you know, I'd never, never lived that far away or uh, that, so that far was away from my parents. Tough for an eighteen-year-old, <laughs> yeah, who loved their, who loved your parents. I love my parents. Yeah, and so that was a big, that was a big deal. Mm -hmm. So you kind of had some issues going on right from the front because he couldn't be your parent over in wherever south carolina so so you were having some expectations of this guy that was pretty strong okay so now you're in the army or air force, air force at station and when did I, i'm interested to know when did this really start to percolate to the top that this isn't what we thought it was going to be um did it take a week did it take a month did were you into your second year i think it was beyond that it was it was probably um, even after both of our kids were born. Oh, so you went quite a while with just burying the issues. And who was the toughest one of putting on a front, uh, a show like, hey, everything's fine? Oh, probably me. <laughs> I just packed it all in, packed it all down, you know. Well, did your folks ever know? Um, they, they knew some, you know, of the unhappiness or whatever. And what was the issue? Um, at times, I felt like Bob was more my father than my husband. What does that mean? That means that at times he presented himself to me with, with what I thought was a father figure, you know, um, telling me or not wanting me to do, like go go to the go off with my girlfriends or you know go out to eat or. Um, just silly things <laughs> like, like that. And he, he made it, you know, pretty evident that he didn't really 
want me to, you know, do things of that such. So you're stuffing all this. You're packing it in, mm-hmm. just gritting it out, raising children, yep. living with two fathers, one that's your real dad and another one that is a pretend dad over here, supposed to be a husband. Mm-hmm. And it went on for a decade, it sounds like, or more. No, it went on for 28 years. Oh, my goodness. You're kidding. We lived no. this triangulated life for 28 years. Yeah. But the, the, but the snowball of it was after the, after the kids, you know, had been up and grown for, they were in high school when it all hit to a head. Okay. Uh, wow. Tell me how it happened. What breaks after 28 years? Was there another person involved? No. I had Who to... Knew, oh, it was you. You seem to be wanting to talk here. I, um... You said, I'm done? I, I mean, said, I'm, I'm done. Did you have any idea this was coming down, Bob? Um, obviously, Mr. I knew Soft things were, heart? Well... <laughs> Mr. Sensitive? To be honest, let me back up and say that I grew up fast. I had to. Uh, and so I, my persona, I guess, as a father figure to Carol, came out of my childhood. I, I was, I was a grown up at ten or twelve years old because of the situation that I lived in, and um, for for me, I mean, our our entire relationship and marriage revolved around church and so we were active mm-hmm. and um and i you know i felt all those years that things were good or you know as good as they could be or well you're whatever. a guy that's yeah, what I guys yeah do. i didn't hey bubba what's right, happening brother? right yeah okay i get that right. and she's over here dying because you don't get right. to her heart somehow right uh when your father was uh an alcoholic, uh, was he uh, not only verbally, but was he physically abusive yes. as well? Yes. And so that left a huge mark on your heart. Sure. And it, did you understand that that's how all men live, or did you think something is wrong here? Well, after uh, meeting Carol's family, obviously I, I understood that something was wrong. And... Um, it, it was um, my relationship with God was obviously affected by my view of my father. And uh, but God, I, I was in a prison ministry uh, <laughs> sitting wow. with people telling them um, how they could have a relationship with God, even though they had uh, committed a crime and they had to pay the penalty for that. And and I realized at that point that I didn't feel that my father could go through that, that he could be forgiven or or have a relationship with the Lord. And so... Um, and where was your dad the whole time this was going on? Was he, he incarcerated was, or anything? No, no. He was um, just living his life. Yeah. Not really but, aware that he made such an... In- Delible imprint on your heart on six kids. Six, yeah. Did the other six have this kind of response to that? We all responded somewhat differently, but um, after after it was over, you know, and he was 
gone some that felt differently. I mean, after he left the house? No, after he uh, passed. He never left the house. Oh. Did um, you ever get a time, Bob, where you squared with your dad and really just had a moment of honesty? And no. He never said, I, there forgive were, me? There was, no. There was never a time that... Uh, there were times that I tried to talk to him, and uh, but they were always... You couldn't do it when he was sober. You had to do it when he was drinking or the next morning when mm -hmm. he was still. Sure. And... And it wasn't a rational conversation. So wow. you never actually had a conversation with him when he was not not drunk because he did the talking. And so. So your father died and you never had the chance to ever confront this adult to adult, honestly, and now he's gone. How do you deal with that? I dealt with with that situation better because two years earlier, my mother passed. And my mother had been abused for 55 years and uh, seriously abused. And Did um, she ever tell you about it or did you just yes, see it? Yes. I mean, we, we grew up seeing it, but it continued at times. And she was of that generation that yeah, you, just you got married, you toughed it out, and that was it. Well, was and your father a good man? No. Not he, good. he was good to some people, but it was at his whatever was his yeah. benefit. How tragic. Yeah. Wow. So you live this very duplicitous life trying to love a wife as best you could, but you had no skills. You had no real uh, no real training. And so guys just don't do the heart stuff. We do the, uh, honey, what more do you want? I'm bringing home food, and I go out and kill stuff, and I bring it home. Sit down, just relax. And you're just dying a million deaths. Like, I appreciate all that, but there's more. He's not hearing it. Right? Right. Boy, my hat is off to both of you for taking the bold steps you did. So one day, and I, I think, Carol, this is in your ballpark from what I'm hearing in this story, that you said enough's enough. Mm -hmm. Can't go any further. Tell me about that day. What led you there? Uh, well, I um, had basically just just like that, had had, had enough, decided that I was going. This is 28 years in. Mm -hmm. 28 years in. And kids are uh, gone. Uh-huh. It's you and it's Bob in the house. Mm -hmm. Jacqueline had just graduated high school. And you, oh, okay, so you had a high school graduate, and you had a career of your own. Uh, at that time, I was... Oh, you were a stay-at-home uh, mom? Uh, no, I worked. I worked full-time. Okay. okay, so did somebody at work say, what are you doing? I, you, you can't live like an explosion all your life. You were venting somewhere. Who, where did that happen? Um, well, I, I confided in, um, some friends and, um, my parents and, uh -huh. um, I worked for a couple and in a dental lab, I was a dental lab tech and they had a dental lab in their home and, uh, it was the husband and the wife and me. And, um, you know, I, I talked to them about it with tears. Uh huh. 
quite frequently. Mm-hmm. So they knew that this just wasn't a head game. They knew something yeah. deep inside was yeah. the world was wrong. Mm-hmm. Somebody gave you some courage. I want to know about the day that you made this decision. I'm done. Um, it was probably when uh, the kids were both out of high school and you know on their way to do their next step. So did you um, tell them? Yeah. Yeah. Before you told Bob? I think so, yeah. That's the way I remember it. What was that like? And, um, well, um, what happened one day was my, I took, my mother and I took Jacqueline to an apartment complex. And basically the, the gist of that was that this is where I was going to be living. And she did not like that. Oh. She didn't know there was a divorce coming. She just knew mother was moving out. That Well, she knew that things weren't right because we had been separated in-house for a long time. Oh. Before that. Okay. And um, basically, if he he went upstairs, I went down, you Mm -hmm. know, and if he went downstairs, I went upstairs. (laughs) We had different places at church, too. (laughs) What? Different seats. This is the ultimate... I mean, yeah. We were actually separated for a couple of years before. In-house. We Did divorced. you go to church together in the same car? Sometimes. Yeah. What did you talk about? Sometimes. We didn't. We didn't. Just drive didn't. in silence. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, man, I'm getting teary-eyed just listening. Okay, <laughs> so your friends, the couple that was your mentor at the office, mm-hmm. they gave you permission. Is that what you were looking for? Um, at that time, I think I had decided, you know, I'm not doing this anymore. And no matter, no matter what, I'm just going to cut the, you know. And you decided because was your life in danger? No. So it was just the lack of a heart from Bob? Well, it was that. And, um, um, it was the build of the father figure and then. Um, sometimes there's a little bit of temper going on. <laughs> From who? Which side here? Me. Oh, yeah. You had a big outrage of some. Well, that makes a lot of I, sense to me. I did on occasion. I uh, I remember the kids getting uh, fighting over a little rocking horse, and um, I kept asking them, "Don't you know." share and all that and it went on and on and on and I finally got up and looked a lot like my dad and took the rocking horse and threw it out the back door and it uh, busted it into pieces I mean it hit the back fence it was I don't know how I mean it was like I had superhuman (laughs) strength but uh, yeah I see that happen Carol yes yeah I'm it sure. wasn't pretty. Oh, my goodness. And did, what did that do to you, Bob? Were you aware what you were doing? Not not right in the moment. Um, I, I suppressed a lot of anger over the years, obviously. Apparently. From, from as a child. Yeah. And, um, and so um, the interesting part of some of this is that 
I felt like the closer I got to being the husband that I should have been all along, um, and a lot of that happened because of Promise Keepers in the oh, early I 90s. that, sure. I went to Colorado. Yeah. I was there for the, the wow. big event and... and Followed that Wait, for is this before or after the divorce? This is in the. This is before. 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 Mm-hmm. And oh yeah. I kind of, I kind of felt like Carol from day one when we, when I drug her to South Carolina, and you know to live with me uh, after we got married. I kind of felt like she was laying bricks, and there was a wall being created oh. between us that kept us it's her fault no it, well it, obviously we always <laughs> yeah. think it's the other it's, person's yeah. fault it, that brick may have been just protection it could have been she it could have been it. okay so i want to get to i mean this story is just taking my heart so you made a decision carol to divorce yes and one day you came home or you left a note how did that work um we we came upon um a decision um, because I was I was still living you know, in the house and I really didn't know how to leave, <laughs> so uh, we came upon a decision that I would move out this particular weekend, and my brothers came and helped me move to my apartment in Tucker, and um, Bob had gone somewhere for the weekend. So when he got back home, oh, there was. Um, a sofa missing. <laughs> this is starting to sound like a country song. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I did have my truck. Okay. <laughs> he, he, he had, he yes. had, he had a bedroom suit that was still there, and he had. So you didn't tell him you're getting a divorce. You just moved out. No, we we had already gotten the divorce. Oh. Oh, you're still the living in the house. The divorce was final in August. And who and initiated that? Did you? The divorce. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And did then you start split up stuff, or you just took your stuff, or you took something and said, "I'm He, he didn't to... care what I took. That sounds like a but he just song. he was going to be gone, so that he didn't have to watch or be a part of it. Okay, twenty eight years you're married. Mm-hmm. You reach a climax of this. I'm not doing this anymore. You move out. How long were you separated? Or five divorced? years. Five years. Yep. Okay, there is a lot in five years to have. Did you see each other? Um, only if we happen to be at something for the kids or I don't even know that we ran into each other. Did you still like this man? Oh, I never, I never did not like him. Did you like her? I, 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 I loved her. I had a, to the best of my sincere, ability, I guess. Sincere yeah. as my heart could be, loved her from the day I met her. He did not want the divorce. Got it. I think that's sort of when I heard about this story somewhere. I don't know, but I think I remember you were divorced and this was beginning. So there was something that happened. You don't just, okay, you're living in Tucker, you're living wherever, and we move out. We're done. We have papers. It is final. Five years goes by. Did the alarm clock wake you up? What happened? How in the world do you resurrect something that's so dead? Only God. Well, and we we divorced in 03. And in July of 07, I get a letter from Bob. 
and the the letter stated basically that um, he had. He basically quoted the love chapter. He said, you know, love is kind. I was not. Love is, and I, you know, just I was not, I was not, I was not. And um, Wait, is this the letter? You brought it with this you is today? The letter. You still have, oh my goodness. This is historic. And um, so I, I read the letter and thought to myself, yeah, yeah, whatever. I tossed it in a drawer. And in March... Of at the end of March of 07? of oh eight a whole nine year months went, nine, nine months, months after this letter nine months after the letter God woke me up wait a minute weren't you expecting a response did it say call me it just was a confessional so it, to speak it says in there I expect uh, no um oh, I forget God. exactly how it was worded I place no expectations on you. So, Wait a minute. In five years, you could have been remarried. Could have been. You could have. Didn't see anybody. Wasn't looking for anybody. You were just done. You were trying to lick your own wound? Uh, well, a part of this, I think somewhere deep down back in the, that was the first time I've ever been by myself. Oh, that's true. You went from your so, house at 18 to his know, loving arms. And, I, I, I actually enjoyed being enjoyed. by myself. <laughs> I could do some things here. <laughs> So, so this letter, dated July of 2017. Yep. Seven. July 2007. I'm sorry. It hit you like, I don't really, it's nice, I'm it's, glad, yeah, but yeah, yeah. it's I was not like, going to change my life any. Right. You were feeling sort of good about yourself. I'm, yeah. And um, I'm living. I said, this isn't going to change anything. You know, it's nice and all that, but. Okay. So nine tough. months go by. Now you have a dream. Now. Is that what I'm hearing? Well, um. I really like my sleep, and sometimes I don't sleep too well. So I take Advil PM or Tylenol PM, and it helps me. Well, God had another idea. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get her where it hurts. He said, I'm going to wake her up every night for a week, what? and I'm going to remind her of that letter. What? And I'm going to remind her of Scripture. And that's what he did for a solid week. And I said, and he said, I want you to go and respond to the letter. And I said, no way. <laughs> there is no way you are asking me to do that. I am not doing that. So he. Wait a minute. Nine months goes by. Yes. This letter is in a drawer. Yep. Is it this letter right here? That, that I'm very at? letter. Sitting in a drawer. You never looked at it after your. Never looked at it after I read it the first time. And, and suddenly in the nighttime, in a dream, so to speak, or you get woken up. I, oh, I got woken up. <laughs> every night. Every night for a solid week. And respond to the letter. I want you to go and respond to the letter. I mean, it was like somebody just, you know, said, I mean, he was there. He said, you are going to go and you're going to respond to this letter. And I went kicking and screaming. And what did you say? And I said, the Lord wants me to. Come and respond to the letter. And Bob said, uh, I um, put the past behind us, and uh, we can move forward. And so we started dating. Wait, did you write a letter to him? Nope. You just talked to him? I went and talked to him. What and was that first initial that, when that you saw I him for the first I time? I mean, I knew for sure. I mean, and I already knew, but... 
that I could go in and, and talk to him, that was God. I mean, I, there's no way I would have or could have otherwise. But um, he had just had um, some surgery, and <laughs> I think he thought he was having a dream. <laughs> so without any initiation from some person, Mm-mm. this was sort of a supernatural event where oh yes, God just woke you up. Yeah. You called the man. You tried to be, you wanted to get some sleep. So in deference to just selfish ambition here, you called him. You had dinner together. You had a... No, I went straight to the house. He was still living in our house that we had lived in for... Did you knock on the door? No, he knew I was coming at that point. You walk into your house that you haven't been in for five years. Mm -hmm. And he he was doing exercises for his, uh, I think it was shoulder surgery at the time. And you said what? And I said, God wants me to come and respond to the letter. And you said what? I said, I know she it's said, overdue. She said, can you ever forgive me? Oh, my goodness. And I said, God has already taken care of it. And it was literally a brand new relationship. As if nothing had ever happened. Unbelievable. Okay, so how do we get to happily ever after here? We uh, we had a dating period. Yeah. How long did that go? Two months. <laughs> <laughs> we we went to counseling and to um, yeah a con- marriage conference and um I went to um, my pastor Buddy Hoffman oh, yeah. and said. Uh, buddy, I've been praying about our mar- uh, getting back together. Did you ask her to remarry you? Well, I mean, did you get down on the knee? Did you? Yes. Did you have a ring or something? I'm getting there. I was. <laughs> I was. Uh, uh, went to the pastor, asked him, "Can I propose at the altar on a Sunday in a church service? In a church? Are service. you ready? Did." What I had no idea. And buddy, <laughs> what we had just we had just gotten back together. I mean, as far as Two meeting, months. seeing each other for a month. And, and did you know in your inside I, that you were going to remarry him? Yeah, you had a yeah. A we had of, had that conversation. Yeah. Oh by, no! By so you show up on a church on Sunday morning. Were you yeah. dressed appropriately, or did you feel like if you yes? Well, we we were going to a um, <laughs> we were at a church regular church service Sunday morning. We were. And Buddy called me and said, "No, we're not gonna, this. we're not gonna do this at the altar. We're gonna do this in the middle of the service." Oh my goodness gracious! And so Buddy's preaching about forgiveness—not forgiveness, but miracles. How God is still in the miracle business. And you two are sitting in the and auditorium. He said, and yeah. I've got one I want to tell you about. Oh, no. Come up here, Bob. And he invites me up, and I then turn and say, "Carol, would you come up here?" And there was a cross on the stage. And I proposed at the foot of the cross. I had no idea. And I told her that I was sorry that I had not lived up to my... You said this in front of hundreds of people? Yes. Were you a bag of tears? Well, the funny thing is, there was a lot of tears that day. Everybody in the room, 
Everybody was in the room up. was crying. And there, it was the early service, and when when the second service people were coming in, they were wanting to know why all these men were crying. Wow, I am undone. So definitely for, a miracle, full miracle of God. Thank you for sharing. Your no life. way. I know this has got to be the most gut-wrenching experience to be able to just share what happened. I am so grateful you've done that. And I we're, can only... We're so thankful for what... I mean, this is the greatest thing that ever happened to me, aside from uh, salvation. Um, was And that day... Our daughter, I had invited people, including her parents, to the service, oh but she didn't know about it. But um, our daughter told us she was pregnant with our first grandchild that day. Oh, my goodness. And she had been concerned about, you know, the divorce situation sure. where you have the oh, yeah. oh, different parents. and Wonderful. And, and not, I hope you said yes. When I did. He was on his knee, right? I mean, yes. No hesitation. Yeah, buddy right. asked me that ahead of time. She is going to say yes, <laughs> isn't she? And now we live happily ever after. No. No, we are still but, Oh, it's, it, you know, we're just like any other couple. We have our struggles every day. How so. wonderful this story is. You've so encouraged me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But to say that God and is still amazing. in the miracle working business is, is an understatement. Yeah, 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 he is. Well, I'm exhausted with your story. This has been amazing. How long have you been together now since the divorce? We've been back together 13 years. Married 28. Yep. Divorced five. Yep. Back together 13. Yep. That's exciting. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, appropriately named podcast. That's exciting. My friends, this is very exciting. Thank you so much. My name's Johnny Chris. You've, you've enjoyed this as I have. See you next time. <laughs>